Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 342. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media. Poor old John's having a hard time with his mouse today, so. <laughs> it's not the only thing. <laughs> it's been a, been a crazy day. Uh, yeah, I know the feeling. Uh, well, I'm glad you can make it. I appreciate it, bud. I know it's, it's hard on days like that. Oh, yeah. It's it's been one of those days where you're you're happy there's so much going on, but you're you're pulling out all your hair. So I won't take advantage of all these great openings. Okay, so uh, hey, I got I got more hair than you do, buddy. You, you do. You do. <laughs> that could quickly change. <laughs> it could, I could have a lot more hair than you soon. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Okay, so the first story here is uh, uh, a recent update on Blumenthal's blog. Um, Mike Blumenthal doesn't post a lot, but this is uh, another good one. Is this his uh, hidden blog? Yes, his hidden one. Yes. Yeah, so okay, just making sure he didn't start a new one. Nope. Uh, it's called the, the title is "Reserve with Google." Which categories and services are eligible? Now, anyone who uh, is unfamiliar with this, uh, within local SEO. Uh, with Google, my business, um, they have an option for uh, reservations to uh, appear for reserving uh, via Google. And they weren't sure which categories uh, or services were eligible. And uh, he, did, as usual, did a great job putting something together. Um, and to quote him here, it was never very clear to me which categories were eligible for reserve with Google or which might get it in the future. Um, at the highest level, it requires a merchant to have a physical address and a booking service compatible with Google's API. Thus, no service area businesses are allowed, unquote. So that's key, uh, no service area businesses, which is real a real shame. Um, uh, then again, who knows how much Google's taken in terms of a cut, if they are taking a cut. Um, I assume they are. So why wouldn't a service area business be allowed? That doesn't... I would imagine it's part of their um, verification of a business existing in the location. Uh, just a trust. I issue. guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Google, uh, I'm just going to read bits of this because it's always well written. And you know, Google lists off the types of services that are eligible, although the doc is outdated, as we know that restaurants, which are not on the list, are supported. Appointments, reservations, classes, activities, basic ticketing, general admission day tours consults and evaluations, signups and trials. And again, we know reservation, uh, restaurants, I mean. Um, and which health, fitness, spa, and beauty categories are currently embraced. And it's a long one. Uh, <laughs> quite a few there. Uh, in terms of non-supported, it seems, it seems uh, medical services like spas, doctors, dentists, surgery, surgery, can, can, why not? <laughs> can, yeah, that's interesting. Can you, I guess, can you step back a second, Ross, and kind of... Yeah. Talk a little bit about what this reserve with Google is, because I'm not sure everybody knows. It's an ability for people to, um, I know I only know the bits and pieces of this, I have to admit, but it, it is an ability for you to add um, your booking service, integrate it with Google My Business. Uh, for so, like, so if someone searches and they find your listing, 
Um, are, do they have to go to your Google My Business profile page to do this, or can they do it in the SERPs? Yeah, I'm just looking at an example here because I don't want to speak. Knowledge graph. Might have changed a bit here. Um, he shows an example of the Google Assistant. Uh, the French restaurant Danielle is this example here, uh, but I don't see anything about bookings. Um, it, it, when I've seen it, it's been an, there, there's been an ability to add your own booking um, link, like okay. I could do it for my own site. But these are you know uh, more advanced things. He's seen that there's an expansion of the program to restaurants, museums, and events through TripAdvisor um, and Yelp. Um, but uh, I'm afraid I don't have much more to, to explain at this point. Okay. Yeah. He says, uh, given that this program is available via an API, and we know that beyond Yelp, TripAdvisor, Thrive, and Ticketmaster, that all that we know that beyond are are all coming soon. We can expect to see this transactional capability expanding across more categories and services. Categories beyond those noted are speculative, but obviously could include legal appointments and others. Uh, in terms of monetization, clearly transactional capabilities and maps, the knowledge panel and Google Assistant are coming and coming at a furious pace. While we even while we have seen monetization of a certain bookable of certain bookable events in the local service ads area, these reserved with Google's have not been monetized directly. Okay, there you go. All right. This is our problem with throwing a, a show together too fast. I didn't get to read it all. Um, we're whipping this up today, so I hope that <laughs> <laughs> it all comes through. But it, it is always interesting to see more. Now, um, again, the title, which is probably the only way you're going to find this page, <laughs> is Reserve with Google, which categories and services are eligible? If you do that search, you'll find out more information, and I'm sure he'll update it if there's anything else that's come up. Nice. All right, next up. Canonical tags may not work with other inconsistent signals like redirects. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. It, it's, and it's kind of tied back to me because because if you go into the new search console, there's that inspect URL button. Um, and you can go look at a specific URL and they'll give you a bunch of information. One of the things they tell you when you inspect a URL is what the canonical is. And whether you have one set or not, Google always assigns a canonical URL to a page. Even if you don't have the meta tag in there, they assign it one anyway. So it, it's, and it'll, and it'll tell you sometimes why it picks a different one than the one you assigned or if you didn't assign one. And so I thought this was really interesting that now they're starting to talk about this because people were asking questions. Why isn't it, you know, why didn't you honor my canonical URL? And if it's not, the first place you should go look is Google Search Console, do that inspect URL, and, and it'll tell you which one it sees as a canonical and sometimes why. So, so this is great. Inconsistent signals makes a ton of sense. Redirects, if you're redirecting a page that also has a canonical, that's going to confuse Google. So it may or may not, you know, look at the canonical and say, yeah, we agree with you. So if, if you're having these kind of issues, first place to go is Search Console. Or excuse me, Webmaster Tools. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and like uh, John Mueller said in, uh, in this, uh, being consistent is the number one rule in SEO. And it's, it's true. Uh, just be consistent. Make sure your rewrites don't contradict. Uh, mm -hmm. You know these things will work, <laughs> uh, but if you make mistakes, it will start to add up. They will work every time they work, except when Google decides they don't work. Precisely, because yes. we are their bitch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Uh, next up, most SEOs think Google shouldn't delist a hacked site. Uh, and, and, and again, I don't necessarily, I'm not one of the ones that think this. I think a hacked site, there's no reason to send people to one. I'm not sure why SEOs think that. I mean, other than the fact that they're just being greedy and want the traffic, but and to show it on reporting, it doesn't make sense to me to send users to something that's been hacked, especially if it's you know potentially dangerous for those people. Right? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, temporarily removing a site that's been hacked is a good thing. Yeah, I do too. Um, I don't think, I mean, I think if you are going to do a search for that site specifically, it should show it. And then it should say this has been hacked. You know, yeah. that's and, and the two, the two when, when they did the poll, the two options were um, no war, a warning is enough or remove the site. And a lot of SEOs were like 64% actually said, no, a warning is enough. No, I don't think so. I think both, like you said, if you search for it, show the warning. But if you're just search, searching for non-branded or, or, or um, just standard search <laughs> phrases where it would show up, it shouldn't be there. There's only 107 votes, so... Not- well, there's only 110 SEOs in the world. Yes. <laughs> so that's almost all of them. <laughs> Less than a handful that count, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't say that includes us necessarily, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so- but, but I didn't vote, so my vote would have been to uh, remove it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and people have to be paying attention to their search console, although many don't even know it exists. That's uh, true. And a lot of times the only way people find out that their site has been hacked is because Google tells them when it doesn't show up and they go, they try to figure out why. Yeah. They realize the phone stops ringing or clients see that the site has been hacked. Cause that still does show up mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes. Uh, so anyway, um, anyway, let's take a quick break and we come back uh, a little bit about Google's live stream support in search. SEO one Oh one. will be back right after recess. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing, from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine this is webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere 
Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media. And myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Okay, so uh, new the live stream. Google live stream is being now supported within, um, in search using structured data and indexing. API and this is kind of intriguing. It's now it's it's mainly for sports, live sports events, live you know rather important events um, uh, of consequence. Let's call it that. Uh, the structured data um, is very simplistic. Uh, the URL, the description, the embed URL, name, thumbnail, upload date, publication. Um, Google also asks that if if you have it available, but it's not currently required, duration. Expir- expiration, interaction count. And for broadcast events, also end date is live broadcast and start date. So it gets into a bit of the, the, the more technical stuff. Oh. But I do like that this is uh, available. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I think it's, it's cool to see that something is live when you're doing a search. Mm-hmm. There is a temptation to click on it for sure. Yeah, for sure. Or, or to, to not click on it because you don't want to, you're on your phone, you don't want to use bandwidth or whatever. It helps either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the examples they provide here are NASA live streams, you know, Earth from Space. Uh, I remember when I was an addict of that not long ago. Yeah, uh, and, there were, and there's always live streams going when there's some kind of natural disaster. People want to watch things burn or be blown over by hurricanes, those kind of things too. Yep, we're a morbid species. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, oh, I, wonder, I wonder if the OJ car chase would have been, since it was streaming live everywhere. We didn't have like live streaming, but it was like on every television channel at the time. You now, would have been real something if someone could have hacked his, like, and, and if it happened now, someone would hack his, like, uh, his dash cam. His Bronco. He was driving a white Bronco. <laughs> and apparently they're bringing Broncos back. Are they? Yep. Yeah, talk about how to kill an automobile brand. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Eh? Among other things, apparently. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, ow, dude. <laughs> Sorry. We were in Sorry. Form, but that's just nasty. <laughs> um, okay, so Google adds structured data for question and answer pages. Yay. Yeah, this just came out. This is interesting. Um, so they've been doing the Q&A carousel the, the, for a while now, probably close to a year it's been showing up. But now they've finally actually put out um, schema specifically for the, the question and answer carousel, mm-hmm. which is nice because I guess, I, I don't know if it's just for. Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com. The carousel, though, because I would think that a lot of the answer box stuff could also um, benefit from a Q&A schema as well, don't you think? Yeah, it could. Uh, uh, but yeah. in this case, I think, 
Oh, oh okay. I keep thinking Google My Business where it's not actually yeah. on your site. That's different. Um, well, in this case, it's designed for social news sites, expert forums, and um, s- support message boards. boards. Uh, so it's not really for the standard you know, Q&A on your site yet. Well, that, that, that kind of goes to our first Mueller file, too. So we, we can jump down into that because John Mueller specifically said the Q&A um, schema markup is not for your FAQ pages, right? So it's actually against the terms and conditions to use it on your FAQ pages, which is mm. kind of harsh, I think. But still, they're, they're being very specific specific about when and where to to use this this markup. I'm sure no one will push the limits. But, but so I've seen <laughs> see, but I've seen pages showing up in the answer box when I've been doing research where the one page is a question and an answer. And it could be a significant page, but it's the whole page is dedicated to answering a specific question. That to me seems like that would be something I would want to use a QA markup on. Though I don't know if they would allow it or they would recognize it. Well, I think they're approaching this wisely. I mean, if they're 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 make, they're focusing it on sites that have a great deal of Q and A's and are actually um, prominent sources of Q and A's mm-hmm. uh, versus unvetted versions on our own sites. Um, you know, they can add that later, but I, I think at this point that, that this is a good first step. What about what about Q and A related to brands? Right? You know, where can I find a McRib? Those kind of things. You know, there, there's a I'm brand sure that's on a forum somewhere. <laughs> Honestly, I hate to admit this, but there's a dedicated site to it's called McRibLocator.com. Anyway, <laughs> you created on your spare time, did you? No, no, but I use it in my spare time. Oh, <laughs> uh, geez, uh, it, it, it'll just be interesting to see how this evolves. Yeah, it, it definitely. Okay, well, uh, what's the next here in the Mueller file? It's well, worthwhile to have unique images on each page. Well, I think this falls down into the, if, if I understand this correctly, it falls down into the standard of, you know, it's worthwhile having some media on, on each page instead of just content. Yeah, just yeah. I, I added this because I thought, you know, this is not one of those SEO 101 things that we try to cover occasionally that's pretty basic, but we need to re- reiterate every once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, what it comes down to is if you have a page that's just text and there's nothing else to it, it's, it's, it can still be fine. It can still rank and everything. But, you know, it's not just about ranking. It's about uh, keeping people on the page, uh, you know, having various options for uh, people to digest the information is a good idea. Uh, that could be a, a, a media version, like a video version of what you've written, maybe in a, in a sort of summarized form, maybe a, a too long didn't read option. Um there's there's a tons of different ways to do it, and, and that could be in an image. Uh, you could have also have you know, this is pretty common, um, having an infographic on the page as well. These right. are all different ways to digest that information, which is great, and and that definitely makes the page more valuable. Agreed. Yeah. And I think it'd be kind of fun too because you get to use various types of markup for each of these different pieces of content, which shows to Google that the page is more valuable. Um, and if you're trying to, and usually are in these situations where you're, you're, you're adding this kind of content, you're trying to make it uh, one of those ultimate articles or um, truly uh, authoritative pieces, uh, you wanna do this. And, and having all these tool at hand, tools at hand is a, is a good idea. And, and humans are visual and then the engines know that. So I think if you're adding media of some kind, video or imagery, it's going to give you a little bump just because as far as being a better answer to a question than another site, 
um, because they know humans like to see things and sitting there reading stuff all the time is not necessarily the best way to, to absorb information. Yeah. Now, one thing I wanted to mention today, too, uh, on, on another note, um, is WordPress 5 is coming out. Uh, <laughs> and that is causing a bit of havoc because it's, I believe it's requiring PHP 7. Um, did, you know, did you know that the WordPress developers recommended that they not release it because it was buggy, but yet they decided to release it anyway? Oh, geez. That's wonderful yeah. to hear. Yeah. So I, I'm personally, if, if you have a choice, I would wait a while before installing the update hmm. personally yeah anyway it's it's it is i guess it's here it's and anyway it's going to be um, a bit of a havoc we've got a lot of contacts a lot of clients to contact and walk them through what may be required and sometimes it may be nothing really just an update and the site will work fine and everything's hunky-dory but <laughs> well, well if your clients are if your clients are updating their own content, they're going to have to be retrained on how to do that because the new content editor is completely different than what it used to be. I think it was called Gutenberg. It's the new editor in WordPress. It's just a whole different beast than it used to be. And if you're not used to it and you didn't know it was coming and your host automatically updates WordPress for you, like a lot of them do, um, and you log in to add a post, you may not know how to add your post anymore. It's kind of weird. That's... Yeah, and in our case, we use the Divi system. So um, well, that, that, that's, that's actually where they stole Gutenberg from. Exactly, and yeah. then this will supplant that, um, so that the Gutenberg doesn't get used. So we we don't have any changes per se. Um, thank goodness, because frankly, that's a nightmarish change. Um, yeah, and there and there is I don't know the name of it, but there is a plugin I've heard of that will go back to the old. You can install a plugin. And it'll revert back to the way the editor used to be, and it'll bypass Gutenberg and go back to the old version of the editor if you want to do that as well. Yeah, isn't it like Tiny MC or something? I forget. Uh, Tiny MC has been around for a while. It, oh yeah, it wasn't anything new per se, but right. it was to, uh, but that that's probably what they used for this plugin to revert you back. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, avoid Gutenberg. I'm just here. <laughs> Nineteen methods to avoid Gutenberg on your WordPress website. <laughs> <laughs> So 19 of both. Okay. One, oh, wow. don't use WordPress. Two. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, I still love WordPress. This is just going to be a bit of a yeah. bump in the road. Well, if you got 19, there's got to be like, don't don't update your site. Don't update, don't add any new posts and you can avoid using Gutenberg. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to avoid it. It's true. This way, this talks about different uh, forks of WordPress, which gives me a bit of a shiver, but. Yeah, that's scary too. I don't like that idea very much. Uh, you know, stick with what's going out if you can, because these are updated regularly. It's supported by a big community. It's less likely to be hacked uh, because it's being updated as long as they don't put out buggy software, which is a little bit of a concern. I mean, you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Okay, well, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we have a question from one of our listeners. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content 
hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So we have a question from uh, one of our longtime listeners, uh, and I, again, you haven't corrected me, so I'm hoping I'm not butchering your name here, but Advet or Advate. Tom Childers. Um, I really feel like I'm messing that up. Anyway, um, this is kind of a question plus an answer. He's already figured it out, but I thought it was worth mentioning. It says, hi, I'm looking at my Google Analytics reports. On November 9th, my organic traffic went all the way to zero and has remained there. I'm new to this kind of problem, so I'm doing various Google searches to see what could be the problem. One possibility seems to be that all my tracking codes got disabled for some reason. I'm now researching this. Any other common reasons for this problem of zero organic traffic? Thanks. Web developers. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yep. I can't tell um, you how many times I've been working on a site and all of a sudden all the all the GA traffic disappeared and we try to figure out what's going on and the web developer made some kind of update and removed the Google Analytics code. True. It, it's happened so many times. And so the, easiest, the easiest way to test this, for me anyway, has been screaming frog. So um, use Screaming Frog. You can put up custom, um, custom. Um, it'll look for custom things, and you put your GA code in the custom, and it'll actually tell you which pages has your GA code and which pages don't, which is actually a good thing to do anyway, just to make sure that all your pages have the code on it. Um, but if you run Screaming Frog and put this in there, it'll say, yep, none of your pages have Google Analytics code on it. That's a clue as to where your traffic went. <laughs> It's either that or you're working with an unethical new company that has decided to put their own code in there. Yeah. Oh, we went over that last time. Yes, we did. 
just wanted to bring that up again because I still hate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just not right. Okay, well, uh, update from Advet. He says, I think I've solved it. I was cleaning out some old updated or outdated plugins in WordPress, and one of them handled my Google tracking code. Problem solved. <laughs> so I wonder which, we should ask him which one of his uh, plugins, if he's willing to name it, caused the problem. Was it a configuration problem? Was it a bug in the plugin? Because there's a lot of reasons why a plugin might, may or may not do that, right? I would, you know, it, yeah, it does depend a lot of things. Uh, I know one of the things that I saw happen a while back was a client re removed the Google Analyticator, it was called, it was a plugin. And they, obviously, that was designed to help them with analytics and it wasn't hard-coded in their site. So when they removed that, boom, no yeah. traffic tracking. Yeah, there, there's a ton of different plugins that will ask for your Google Analytics because they want to run it. Like WooCommerce will ask for it. Yoast SEO will ask for it. I've never been in a situation where I've had a client put it in in multiple places where it may have caused conflicts because I've always thought that that could be, could be a problem at some point. If you put it in multiple plugins, um, is, there, is there a possibility to have conflicts? That's another thing to look out for when you're doing analytics through plugins specifically. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think just doing an analysis of your pages, um, I'm trying to remember what I use. I've, I've used a tool before that told me, you know, whether or not a page had multiple analytics codes or um, right. you know, I forget what it was now. Hmm. It was one of the auditor tools, but I would imagine Screaming Frog doesn't really tell you that sort of stuff. It would if you uh, researched it, but it wouldn't advise you. No, no, it'll just tell you it's a it's a custom filter you have to put in yeah. to look for it anyway. And then you then you basically have to go and say, OK, it found it. It may tell you if it's on a page multiple times, the same code. But normally, if you have multiple Google Analytics, it's using more than one UA code in your analytics, which is actually you can use okay. a couple different ones at times. But uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, don't I mean avoid it if you can, but if that's the only yeah. option you have to keep your old one, do it. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I know it's uh, this is a little quicker than normal, but uh, it's been a busy week for both of us. So I'm glad yeah. we fit it in, though, bud. Thank you. It's, I love doing this. I really do. Good. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, thank you for joining us today. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.